Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. I've gotten a fair amount of feedback from a podcast I put out last week about fear-based leadership. And the feedback mostly came out around the use of metrics and how a lot of companies in these fear-based leadership spots, they use metrics to discipline people, to fire people, or even to bonus people. And one thing that I wanted to just share with you and one thing I wanted to really reinforce with you is that metrics drive behavior. And we have to be extremely careful, we as leaders, on how we use metrics, what metrics we choose, and how they're perceived by the organization, by our people. And the best way for me to explain how metrics drive behavior is by use of examples. I'm going to give you three examples that I've seen through my career where metrics are driving behavior and it's not necessarily the behavior that we're looking for. The first example came from a mine. And this mine, they were approaching the million hour, the million man hour mark without a lost time incident. And they had a guy who broke his leg on site. And when you hit that million man hours, everybody on site gets a bonus. They have a party. You get some free swag. And that guy probably should have stayed home. But they brought him in the next day and they put him on light duty so they could hit that million man hours. And I'm sure that that guy with the broken leg, I'm sure he felt compelled to come in. I'm sure he felt pressure to come in because the entire site was relying on him. I don't know if he wanted to come in or not, but he almost had to. He was almost forced. And that there is a behavior that we don't want to see. We as leaders don't want to drive. We want to use the safety metric to understand how safe is our site, not to force people to come in when they're not feeling well. The next example is also one where people's behavior changed and also one where the metrics are driving a behavior that we don't want to see. And this one it comes from a pulp mill in Northern Ontario. And it was seven o'clock in the morning on a Friday. And I had a meeting scheduled. I was on site doing a lubrication audit and I had a meeting scheduled with the site GM and the reliability manager. And about five minutes before the meeting started, the lube tech came into the room and the lube tech said, hey, we have this pump that's leaking real bad. And every two to three hours, I have to add more oil to it to keep it running. Can we shut it down? And can we pull the pump out and fix it? 
And the reliability manager turned to the site GM. And the site GM said, I'm going to green light overtime until Monday. We have to keep this pump running because production targets, the end of the month is Monday and production targets are Monday and we have to hit production targets. And it seems like kind of an innocuous decision. We're delaying replacing the pump or repairing the pump for two to three days. But the impact on our people is bigger than that. The lube tech now has to come in on the weekend or he has to come in on nights. And he's got to keep being there doing a job that should probably have just been repaired on Friday. And what that innocuous decision does about pushing it out till Monday, about greenlighting overtime until Monday, is it breeds disengagement. It breeds mistrust in the organization. It breeds the division between the people and the managers. And that mistrust lasts longer than two days. The last example I want to give you is an example where a target was not achievable. And so the people figured out a way to hit the target. And this one comes from another mine. And my manager was headed up to this mine to do an evaluation of the reliability program. And we knew this mine had problems with their maintenance program. We knew they were doing a lot of reactive maintenance and we could see that with the maintenance costs that they were having, as well as we knew the fleet that they were running. And this site reported 100% schedule compliance. And schedule compliance we use it in maintenance to really understand how often we're pulled away from doing our preventative maintenance or our predictive maintenance in order to do reactive maintenance. And this was 100%. So it meant that this site wasn't having to do that. And it seemed fishy. And my manager, he dug in and he talked to the planners and the schedulers. And what he learned was that the site was using filter changes, oil changes, small maintenance jobs that would take an hour or two. And they were scheduling them for a 12-hour shift. So the mechanics who went out and did those jobs, they would have the rest of their shift to do reactive maintenance. This is an example not necessarily of people modifying their behavior, but it's an example of people who are unable to hit a target that they're held accountable for. So they find another way to hit it. 
we as leaders need to use metrics for what they're designed for. They're designed to understand. They're designed to, so we can diagnose. They're, they're designed so we can track improvements, gains, and losses. And in those three examples, they were used in ways that we don't want to see, in ways that breed mistrust, in ways that breed a lack of understanding in those metrics of what's actually going on at our facility. So what do we do about it? For me, the first step in what we do about it is communication. We need to have an open dialogue with our people. We need to answer the questions What are we using the metrics for? Why are we tracking this specific metric? And what value is tracking that metric given to us? I know a lot of us in reliability, we're in these roles where we're asking our mechanics, we're asking our operators to put in information into our CMMS or into some system, some database, so we can use that information later to save our company money and answering those questions in an authentic way, in a way that builds trust is paramount to having that information in in a useful way and in a way that you can use to make the entire facility better, to make everyone's job better. The second thing there I, I mentioned was trust and authenticity. And what we see so often across every site, sometimes we'll see that they breach trust. We'll see that managers say, hey, we want to be world-class in reliability, but they're not spending the money to get there. They're not helping with the projects that needed to get there. They're not approving budget to get there. They're not changing their behavior to get there. And that's the easiest way to lose trust from your people is to say one thing and do another. And that for us as leaders as people who want our people to give us, to tell us what's actually going on and to give us the information, the metrics of what's actually happening at our site, we can't turn around and use those metrics to discipline. We can't turn around and use those metrics to fire people. And the second piece of that is that perception's reality. And this is something that I've learned working with my coach over the last nine months. Perception is reality. We all see the world through the lens of our conditioning, through the lens of our experiences, through the lens of our belief systems. And that shapes 
the, our world in different ways. You listening to this are going to have a different idea or a different opinion on what I'm saying than I do. You have a different opinion and a different vision of who I am than I do. And with perception being reality, we can also change that. We can change how we perceive things and we can change our reality. And that's something that I've been working on recently has been to reframe the negative thoughts that I have into positive beliefs, into positive thoughts that drive me forward. We need to do that with our use of metrics. We need to do that as leaders for our people. If we're stepping up and setting out new metrics and our executives, our management team, they have used metrics in the past to discipline, to fire, to hold people accountable. We need to change that perception. We need to change how we're doing things first, but we also need to to build that trust and build that authentic leadership and pull that through so then we can get the information that we need and not have changed behaviors in the ways that we don't want or not have manipulated metrics. And the last, the last point I want to make with respect to metrics is Asset Management 101. We need to ensure that we have an alignment to our mission, our vision, and our values. And we need to ensure that each person in our organization understands how their job, how their tasks, how their role impacts our mission, our vision, and our values every single day. That truly is what builds engagement. Now, I think a lot of you or some of you listening, you don't have direct reports. You don't have the ability to, you know, from our first example, to impact lost time incidents being used as a way of bonusing people. You may not have impacts, impact on production targets necessarily or the use of those. But each and every one of us are leaders. And we as reliability professionals, we generally have the ability to choose metrics for our reliability improvement projects, for our reliability initiatives. And not only do we have the ability to choose what we're monitoring, we also have the ability to communicate those metrics to the executive level and to the shop floor. And with that ability comes responsibility. And we, as leaders, have the responsibility to do it right. We, as leaders, have the responsibility 
to do it from the leadership 2.0 way, the way, the people-centric, human, heartfelt leadership way. Because it's 2020. And the old style leadership just doesn't fly anymore. We know better. And so when you're embarking on your reliability improvement projects and you have an ability to choose metrics and to communicate metrics, please take those three examples and those three tips that I give you, that I gave you into consideration. And please lead from a place of people first. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Rob's Reliability Project.